It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. <laughs> hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. you here great to have you with us so uh this thing which is going to end up becoming uh, tropical storm ophelia is apparently going to uh track over the coastal plain tomorrow right over uh, our neighborhood ay 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 uh so that's going to be happening tomorrow should be a nice evening tonight they've moved all the high school football action across the east to uh tonight uh, we're going to have Rose and uh, their matchup cross county against South Central coming up at seven tonight. Six fifty, I think, will be the year time. Uh, that'll be on ninety four three. The game, so uh, stand by for that. We also will have uh, JP two in action tonight. They'll be taking on Wayne Christian. Conley is at Northside Jacksonville tonight. The annual Farmville Aiden matchup taking place tonight as well. It's been moved up to seven. North Pitt, who's playing well, will host West Carteret tonight. Uh, no rain, no chance of rain in the uh, forecast. Uh, let's see. I think on 103.7, uh, we have uh, Edenton playing at Northeastern. And then coming up at the top of the hour, um, if you're uh, with us in our Eastern stretches, you want to hear Havelock at West Bladen, you can flip on over to there. But all the high school football action. Uh, of note is being moved uh, tonight to tonight uh, because of this uh, storm, which again looks like it's going to really uh, wallop a punch on the east. And it looks like tomorrow is is the day and kind of lingering through uh, Saturday. It just depends on which forecast you're taking a, uh, a look at. Uh, your mileage on this could vary. That's all I know. So we shall see. Uh, it's nice to have you with us. Uh, Dom Kosolke is producing. Dom, I have uh, the shirt on today. It's kind of a Western motif. It's pretty, uh, the big hen, cool. the 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 big hen gave me a little heat for it, but yeah. I think this it's a snap button. And look at this inlay here yeah, on I, this. Look at this. I disagree with Henry a little bit. I'm liking it. Yeah. Well, thank you. See, Dom, I'm a fashion icon, and I'm hip with the kids, and you're one of the kids, so you know this. I think I'm the fashion icon, and I'm just, like, agreeing that you finally made it. I've seen how you dress, Dom. Fashion icon would not be the word I would go to. That would not be my go-to phrase for I, you. I just dress casual no when I'm around you. I just I don't show you the true the true colors. When when do you when do you show out, then? Uh, with At dinner with my girlfriend, with friends, going to okay. watch football, stuff like that. Okay. Oh, you get all dressy for football games? Yeah, fantasy football draft. You know, you got to get dressed up for that. Oh. Okay. Really? Yeah. You wear a suit? Up. Yeah, wear a suit for that. 
You wore a suit to your fantasy football draft. I did. I'll show you a picture next time I see you. Yeah, well, text it to me. How about that? Okay, I'll, I'll text it to you. Because i got to see this. Text it to me now if you can. I want to see this before we, we wrap up this inaugural segment here. All right, you. coming up. Uh, yeah, text it to me. Go ahead. Uh, when We're going to have for you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, high school football tonight on our uh, family of stations. Tomorrow, uh, we will have uh, a best of Steve Logan, I am told, here in this 5 o'clock hour. Coach Logan's brother uh, tragically died last week, and uh, Coach and his wife are out uh, in Oklahoma uh, to be with the family for the uh, memorial and uh, and what have you. So our condolences, of course, to the Logan uh, family and uh, Coach Logan uh, and his wife and uh, his children. So uh, we're very, uh, very sad to learn that. We'll be here at 6 o'clock and uh, looking forward to that. All right, here's Kosolke. Now, everybody else is kind of um, – one guy's got – one guy's got uh, a suit on, and he's got crazy hair. There's another guy who looks like a poor man's Mr. Beast with a beard who's got a suit on. There's a guy beside you that's got a tie on, it looks like. Which and then there's Dom. Which one's a Mr. Beast? I'm curious. The guy with the beard that's holding up the four fingers. Okay, okay. I got you. And you are there, Dom, at the back because you're tall, looking like a young Howard Stern from Private Parts, in a suit and uh, sneakers. A little mixing of you there. Yeah, I don't Okay. I don't have the sneakers down yet. I, my shoe game is is not strong. I can't lie about that one. That's all right. Did you guys get together about uh wearing suits or did these are these guys just as big of nerds as you are? Oh, we all got together making sure we went to dinner before and then we had our draft and you know, it's it's going all right right now. My team's doing all right. Where did you go to dinner? Uh this random steakhouse. I don't even remember okay. the name to be honest. Okay. But you went but you it, you didn't go to like Bojangles or hibachi. You oh, actually no. were raising canes. You went somewhere decent since you put on a suit. Okay. Yeah, we went to a sit-down steakhouse, and I got myself a nice, expensive steak. Look at you, Dom, on that uh, on that big IBX media salary that you're raking in. All right, massive. So, so Tom Kasolki is uh, going to um, have you a sports update, some breaking NFL news. He'll tell you about in a little bit. Jim Zoki is going to join us uh, here in a few minutes. Uh, we'll talk Panthers and Pirates with uh, Jim Zoki. He'll be heard on our uh, family of stations all weekend long. Right now, though, let's get ready for a Pirate Report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, uh, let's start with some uh, comments from Donnie Kirkpatrick, ECU offensive coordinator, on liking the way that the Pirate offense got started. I liked a lot of things on that first drive. I wish we could do that more often, you know what I'm saying? I wish we could uh, continue to do that. We always like to start fast like that. That's a big part of it. Um, you know, the, took the kick, and I guess what were we, 75 yards away or whatever, too. So just uh, I thought Flynn came out very relaxed, just very much confident, you know, knew the game plan. You know, the first series is usually scripted out pretty much, so we've practiced it, you know, in that order. We've walked through it in that order and you know that for that intent, so everybody's going to really know what the first couple calls are. And if, the, and if the defense doesn't change, you pretty much stay with that script. And he just kind of followed it and – just did everything right, and the kids had a lot of energy. I think they were excited about playing. More from Donnie Kay, who talks about the uh, interceptions that Alex Flynn threw. 
the first one uh, is a is a uh, inexperienced deal. What happened was, so the receiver runs the wrong route, but he breaks and he's wide open because it seems like if you run the wrong route, you, you'll be open at the beginning. It's it's kind of weird how that happens, and so he runs inside almost like a post, and he should have been running a takeoff, so he should have been over on the sideline. And the corner did sit down, so he was going to be wide open over there, and Alex saw him, and then, you know, you throw it, and you're like, oh, there's a free safety standing out there in the middle of the field. You know, you can't throw that ball there because you think he's open. So I think he learned, you know, okay, you can't just see the first part of the play and just chunk the ball out there like that. you got to execute the play. If the guy runs the wrong route, you probably shouldn't throw it to him. Uh, the other interception that really hurt us, it was, it was a big big play in the game, I think, was the interception that gave them the ball in the 19-yard line. That's the one that hurts. That's the one that stings a little bit, you know, or a lot. And uh, it wasn't all that blitz, and we missed the protection. Okay, so the guy didn't, didn't pick up the blitz, but that's that's part of life. you gotta be able, you got to be able to throw with the blitz. He had time to throw it. And Donnie Kirkpatrick uh, talked about through the first three games just far too many penalties for this uh, Pirate team. We're getting too many penalties. The penalties are killing us. I mean, literally, what do we have, like double-digit penalties? We've had that like every week. And and these are penalties like guys just moving before the snap of the ball. And we had two of those. And, you know, I, I don't. it's hard to it's hard to put you what, what in the world's happening. We've, we've not had that problem. We've had a little problem with delays. Uh, and it's a substitution deal, getting the right people in the game. And I guess that's just we got a lot of new coaches and new people. We're not communicating very well. We got to do a better job of that, you know. And, and we practice it like that all the time. You know what I'm saying? We don't practice it differently in the game than we do in practice. We do it exactly the same way. From the time every play we run is signaled in, it's on the system and the whole bit. And we sub people in and out like that too, but we're still making a lot of those mistakes. And then we're getting a lot of holding calls. And, uh, you know, holding calls happen when you get beat usually, though. And, you know, Flynn runs for, like, what, 40 yards? And we get a holding call. Again, it's way behind the play. Had nothing to do with the play. Guy got beat at the beginning, and he scrambles. And then the guy reaches out, and you grab him and just, just let him go. You just got to learn not to do that. And then sometimes, I mean, you just get a holding call a little bit. You get beat. But uh, that, that's killing us right now. Yeah, and double-digit penalties in the first three games. Uh, just the mark of a team that, uh, unfortunately, is having to uh, get a baptism by fire. Uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick uh, kind of spoke further on that about taking away the mistakes that have been made. You hope you, you yeah, you don't repeat mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. I mean, everybody in life makes mistakes. The key is don't do it again. I mean, everybody... You know, I had two kids. One of them was definitely that kid put their hand on the stove. Okay, that's hot. Now I don't do that. But until then, it, it weren't, they got to find that out. So you hope, now don't do that again. And so if you don't make that mistake again, you'll probably be okay. You know what I'm saying? And and it's not always the same guy. That's the issue right now. Like I say, if it was just one or two guys, you'd just say, okay, you're out. These guys are in. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's a team full of uh... – Follies right now, and uh, that is a uh, that's a real issue. Let's uh, hear a little bit more from Donnie Kirkpatrick. Uh, he talks about uh, well, Coach Houston here says uh, he has high praise for Mike Houston. Coach Houston's obviously a Hall of Famer coach, and, and when he retires, he'll be in the Hall of Fame. There's no question about that. And he's done a lot of great stuff. You look at his record; 
he he's better than he's ever been. The handling and what he's doing, I, I'm sitting there saying you could write a book on how he's how he's handling this. And uh, truly, I, I mean, I you know I haven't said this to him, but I'd like to, I guess. So uh, it's easy when it's all going good. You know, sometimes it's just okay. You, you stay out of their way, let them go. Right now, it's not that situation, so you really find out what you're made of. And he's really showing that he, he's truly one of, the, one of the top ones out there. Uh, and uh, last one here from uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick. Let's uh, skip over 11, Dom, and go with 12 here. Donnie talks about, uh, and this has been a, an area that has seen uh, some criticism, the play calls on first down for the Pirates. We don't really just run it up the middle. Sometimes it cuts up the middle, you know, you know what I'm saying like that. Sometimes it's an RPO to where it depends on what the defense does, you know. And so if it was nine out of 23 runs, that's I'm not the best math student, but I know that's less than 50%. We like to stay balanced. We really do. And I think we're probably really, really close to being balanced like that. There was a time last week when I said, you know, because we, we, we're charting it, we're checking it, and I said, yeah, we probably need to just start throwing it a little bit more on first down because we're not – not because we want to, but because we're not making it enough yards. That, and that's the big thing. All right. Uh, and let's get to uh, Blake Harold, Pirate defensive coordinator, on being able to rush the passer and contain the screen. And we got to make sure we're able to do both. Yeah, we got to ru- rush the passer, which I think Tennessee State did last week. Uh, but at the same time, you feel that screen, you've got to retrace. We work a retrace drill in practice. And that's just, you know, balls turned loose. All 11 of us are playing as hard as we can play, getting to the football. And when that when that happens, good things happen for us. More from uh, Coach Harrell, who uh, talks about finding the identity of this team. You find your true identity of your team about after four games, and especially with a new bunch defensively. We're kind of working through some of those things, trying to find the right combinations, get the right guys on the field, and uh, we'll continue to do that. And I, I think we're getting closer and closer. You know, Antoine Jackson stepped up, had a really big game. Siobhan Rebel made a nice play down the sideline. Uh, Mike Edwards led us in tackles last week. Uh, so we got some guys doing that, but I think there's some other guys that we, we can pull from and get more from too. Uh, second half struggles for the Pirates. Blake Harrell uh, on that. Second half, last two weeks haven't been kind to us. And, and so I pull a thumb. I think the, the last series of, of last week wasn't, you know, one of my favorites. You know, just ball, they got the ball out in two-minute drive and, we could have went in the half 21-10 and, uh, you know, let a pass and run out there. And, and they're in the end zone. We go in the half 21-16, you know, 21-10. And I think the second half would come out and we're getting ready to go third and long. And we have a, a hands-to-the-face penalty. I think that was our only defensive one of the nights. We cleaned that part up at least. But, you know, you could have went in 21-10, came out second half, three and out, and you have all the momentum. So we just got to go back, get to work. And I think that's been a huge focus for us in practice this week. We're doing some more competition stuff with the offense, first the offense at the end of practice, to really focusing on finishing and uh, just being a conscientious effort of it. Our guys are talking about it, you know, and I think, you know, defensively, the other thing I see is we look a little bit tired in, in the third and fourth quarter late in the game. we got to make sure we're doing a better job of rotating guys early in the game to get to that third and fourth quarter so we're fresh and we, our best players on the field are fresh and ready to ride and, and we can go, you know, get good stops when we need it. Blake Carroll on the success with short yardage stops for the Pirates. Physicality, toughness, a bow your back um, on fourth down and, you know, short yardage situations. So I think we had to give up the third and short last week, but 
um, you know, it's, it's just we practice those things, talk about it, make sure we're prepared for it in, in those situations. And, and when the time arises, that they've capitalized on it. So it's, it's been really, really proud of those guys for doing that. All right, more uh, here from Blake Carroll. Final cut, in fact, Antoine Jackson, the 17-year-old. And uh, you talked about the great attitude uh, that he has, Antoine Jackson. He's got all the swagger and confidence in the world, and he continues to have that. And even if he makes a mistake, he shakes it off, quick memory, and he keeps on playing. So just super excited for him. Our guys, you know, they, they love watching him play as well. Um, so I, I think his biggest challenge is continuing to do, you know, what got him to this point, not only last week to make a play, but what got him to this point in the career to continue to have that same hunger, that same desire every single day and go to work so he can make more plays for us. All right, that is uh, the cuts for your Pirate Report today. We'll be on the air at 3 o'clock Saturday with our Bushlight Pirate Game Day countdown. We'll have our uh, keys to the game driven by Brown and Wood during the uh, show. Trent McGee will be in for me this week, and uh, we'll also have, uh, of course, Terrence Copper along with uh, Joe Sampson, a couple of uh, ex-Pirate players there, and we'll also uh, have uh, Stephen Igo coming by the Deos uh, during the uh, course of the pregame show all right uh we're going to uh a tropical storm flood watch phone's going crazy down here yeah that is uh oh i don't know where down here is for the always anonymous text line uh, you could be at the beach you could be so i don't know where you are so but yeah i mean now this uh thing looks like it's going to kind of tail into uh the beaches of coastal Carolina we probably should have gotten David Sawyer on, uh, to talk to him because, uh, this is uh, really, uh, turned into a, a coastal low that's going to strengthen. And, uh, there's going to be a lot of wind and rain, uh, here starting tomorrow. Uh, and so it'll be, uh, it's gonna be a rough, uh, day and a half, couple days. We will see. All right. Uh, let's take a timeout. And when we come back, uh, we'll get Jim Zoki on the phone. We'll talk with Zoke, uh, on the other side of this break. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on the flagship of the Pirates, 94-3 the game, and also the IBX Media app. Stay with us. You ready for this? Oh, I'm very ready. Okay, ready? You ready? Streaming to the world at 943thegame.com. This is the Patrick Johnson Show. Now in all his glory, here's the P-Man. Our pal Jim Zoki, you hear him uh, every Pirate football weekend on 107.9 WNCT and right here on 94.3 The Game. And hear him on our sister station, 103.7 WTIB, Talk 103.7, uh, most every Sunday. You didn't hear him this last Sunday because he was on Monday with the <laughs> Carolina Panthers radio network and, of course, Panther Talk, usually on Mondays. Uh, Zoke joins us now here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Who will break out of the doldrums first, Jim? The Pirates or the Panthers? It's becoming a statewide outage, isn't it, uh, Patrick? <laughs> Teams that uh, need to get going here. Uh, I feel I feel good about ECU. I do not uh, in any way think anyone is taking Gardner-Webb lightly. I just feel like games are at home. Uh, to me, they've, they've had three losses, but they've gotten better each week. Um, and I think they're going to put some things together this week at home. So I think that. I think the Panthers have the more challenging of the two games to kind of answer your question the way you posed it at Seattle this week. And as I talk to you right now, we're not sure about who the quarterback's going to be. So both teams have uh, issues there a little bit as far as, you know, what the what that's going to be like. But I think uh, you know, Bryce Young will still have to wait on it. He didn't practice again today. 
so uh, at the moment, it would be Andy Dalton based on that. But we don't know. It's still time. It's Friday. It's Saturday. Uh, so we'll see. And uh, Coach Thomas Brown, the offensive coordinator, said that Bryce Young could play. Even if he doesn't practice this week, they feel like that would still be something they could do on game days. So we we'll have to wait and see how healthy he is on Sunday, I guess. Jim Zoki with us. We heard what you said, obviously, loud and clear after his first game. But then after his second game now, there seems to be a few more of the uh, of the slings and arrows out for young, uh, young Bryce. So uh, what is... It's almost, you know, it's funny. It's almost the same thing, Jim. Uh, No running game, and and it's hard to get a quarterback going if there's no running game. Yeah, and um, and no guards that were the scheduled starters at guard. They're they're both out. You lose both, uh, both, you know, Brady Christensen. You're waiting on Austin Corbett uh, to return. So uh, you put that together with, yeah, as you said, a rookie quarterback. uh, And you get these skill position guys, if they've played in the league except for Mingo, but they're all new here. Uh, so everybody's still meshing together, and it's uh, it's taken a little bit of time. And, of course, nobody wants it to take time. Uh, they want it right now, and I get that. Uh, so the, the right now league, and, you know, that's, to me, too, I think, you know, college and pro are different. There's high pressure on both, no doubt about it. But as a pro, your only job is to be a professional winning football player. You don't have to go to class. You don't have to go back to the dorm or anything else. So uh, it, it, your job is to win in the pros. Uh, so they there's no excuses for it. They need to play better. And – I think the defense has been decent, obviously, for the most part. They've, they've kept them in ball games for the Panthers. Uh, but, yeah, offensively, Miles Sanders, like, just over three and a half yards of carry. Uh, the pet, no big explosive plays for the most part in the offense. Those are the kind of things that have to change this week. Jim Zoki, uh, he will be – you'll be doing pre-half and post this week for the Panthers? I did. I was scheduled to be in Seattle, but right. I have chosen to, to share time with you all in Greenville and be there for the – Gardner-Webb game. This was the one time on the calendar where I had to pick one or the other. Uh, so I was supposed to be in Seattle, and I said, nope, I'm going to do uh, ECU. I want to do all 12 games and hopefully 13 games of play-by-play and uh, be there for your guys' uh, game, which is 6 p.m. And there's just no way, obviously, to get to Seattle from there. So I'll be doing the pregame, halftime, postgame uh, from Charlotte at the stadium. And we're bringing uh, Jordan Gross out of retirement. He wasn't uh, scheduled to do any games with us. Uh, he'll be joining uh, Anish out on the West Coast to do the game uh, in Seattle. Isn't he out there? He lives in Idaho, so he yeah. lives out that way. Yeah, okay. Out that way. Well, I mean, that's right next door, Jim, sort of. It's like Greenville to Charlotte. Yeah, it's very similar. Yeah, yeah. All right, the great Jim Zoki with us here. One more Panthers question for me, Jim. Uh, Shaq and then we'll Com- open it up for questions. Yes, then we'll open it up for questions. <laughs> Shaq Thompson uh, <laughs> breaks his leg, and it's going to miss the rest of the season. That's just It's just heartbreaking. Yeah, no, that was a statement more than a question. Yes, uh, I was waiting for the question for Yeah, he's... <laughs> well, so I guess the question would be, I mean, obviously we know how fabulous he is on the field, you know, but it seems like he was a guy that did a lot of other things, the intangible things, the leadership things. So, well, that, that yeah, will obviously missed. be missed. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the leadership for sure. And he's outside of J.J. Jansen, he's the most veteran player on this team. Um, but, again, he'll be around, obviously, uh, the team, but it's, it's different when you're not playing. Uh, but uh, Camus Grugier-Hill has been one of the nice surprises, even though he's not young. He's 29. He's a veteran. Uh, he was brought in mostly to be depth and a good special teams core player. Uh, but he'll step into that role. Uh, they haven't said that, but I think it's very assumptive that he would. And they've got another veteran, Deion Jones, they just brought up off the practice squad. He's, obviously, people know from Atlanta. He was with Cleveland last year. Uh, who can be uh, provide that depth uh, that the team needs at the linebacker spot too? So 
the more pressing one continues to be you know, when J.C. Horn gets back, which will be no time soon, because losing uh, your best corner is, is more difficult, especially when you look, Patrick, at Seattle and those three wide receivers they've got. People keep trying to write off Tyler Lockett right. like he's done, and he scores two more touchdowns last week, and he got the big physical D.K. Metcalf, and then they go out and spend their first-round pick on Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State. So they're, they're a load in the passing game. And, and like, like others, you know, Geno Smith – you know, played very well last year, and people seem like hesitant to say that he's good. He is good. He's got three touchdowns, no interceptions this year. I thought he was not like a MVP candidate per se, but on that next cusp of really good players right. last year, that if he had a, a ranking of ten to fifteen, he definitely would have been in that I think top ten probably in the MVP race last year. Well, let's turn our attention now, Jim, to the game uh, Saturday night in Greenville, six o'clock kick, six o two kick to be precise, five o'clock on the ECU Sports Network. Pre-game coverage uh, with the gang, including uh, Trent McGee in for me this week, will begin at 3 p.m. All right, Zoke, let's uh, let's break this down. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I think the, the Pirates are going to have the more depth of talent, one would think, going into the Garner-Webb game. You can't sleep on Garner-Webb because they're dynamic offensively and they've got some grown men up front along their defensive line who've played a lot of football. Uh, but this is uh, a game that uh, if you're the Pirates, you know, you, you kind of worry and you talk to coaches. They'll say, you know, you sort of worry about that FCS game and the guys getting up for it and being focused. I don't think that's going to be a problem this week. No, and you're talking to a head coach here who's uh, come up from Lenore Ryan and the Citadel and uh, James Madison, and he knows exactly what Trey Lamb is trying to do here. And, you know, they played, as I think most people know, App State very tough in the opening game. They led in the fourth quarter of that game. And they've got a history over the past couple of years of playing tough against teams up at this level, including Coastal Carolina and so many others. Yeah, so Liberty. They're, yeah, Liberty. They're good. Uh, as you said, they are they are grown shaving men. Uh, they've got a lot of you know, <laughs> graduate students and seniors. I mean, you look, they've returned 10 out of 11 on defense. And Ty French, I mean, he's the edge guy. He's, he's the guy that is going to be getting a look in the NFL. He's kind of a, a tweener size-wise because he's 6'3", 230. Uh, but he's got the ability to play in, in the NFL, and he's really good. And Ty Anderson, their linebacker, was the Big South defensive freshman of the year, and he had nine tackles against Appalachian State. He's playing really well. So, yeah, that's a tough defense. I know we'll talk about their offense in a minute, but offensively for ECU, yeah, it's just about, I think you start with penalties and turnovers, things they weren't doing last year, penalties and turnovers. But I think we know the turnover on the roster, turnover on the offensive coaching staff, uh, it's, I think each week has gotten better. And, uh, and this is the week, like I said, I think they put it all together and get a win. So uh, hopefully this is uh, the week where they really get, you know, more consistent. I'm sure it's, it's never going to be, like, you know, a perfect day out there uh, for any football team. But uh, I feel like they've made strides each week of leading in the second half, doing things better. They just – the self-inflicted stuff is where they can begin with it, with the penalties and the takeaways, things like that. Jim Zoki is uh, with us, Pirates and running Bulldogs this Saturday evening on uh, Family Weekend at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Jim, let me ask you about kind of your read on, on what you saw out of uh, Alex Flynn. What, uh, what stood out? It seemed like the offense was a little more snappy, especially in the first half. I agree. I think, you know, obviously the three turnovers are big and each of those turnovers had their own story for anybody who you know listened to Donnie Kirkpatrick kind of break them down. Each one had a little bit of a different uh, reason as to why it happened, but that's known. Okay. And, and everyone knows, and Alex knows that's bad. So do that. Uh, but as far as what you're saying, the big picture, that opening drive, I mean, that's what you want to see. I mean, that opening drive at App State, a 
mixed, I think, of five runs and five passes, and you just go down the field and you score a touchdown, you know, settle for a field goal. And that's a scripted drive. Uh, and so I thought that he looked very confident. He looked very in control. He's that kind of a kid anyway. He kind of, um, from again, I've not been there as long as you all have, but he's, he's a guy who's very even-tempered. So I think that was a nice opening, calming drive that uh, he led out there. And I think, you know, Rajay Harris uh, continues to show he's a downhill runner and uh, is, is about all the way back to where he used to be two years ago. We got some, you know, glimpses again each game of Javius Bond and what he can bring. I like the receivers are starting to come together. Jalen Johnson had a big catch on that drive. Uh, but a guy like Chase Sowell has really stepped up. I feel like each game we're seeing more and more of him. He got dinged up in the Michigan game. But the past two games, he's, he's come out and, I think, established himself. And I think there's a natural connection, finally, with Alex Flynn and Jari Patterson with the high school connection, that there's a confidence and a chemistry between those two. So, again, so I'm saying it's like, I know it's not great right now, but the whole offense changed from what was there last year. Those guys are, are not there. And so it, it takes a little bit of time. You start with Michigan on the road, and you have to go to App State. I mean, now I think is a time where it's like you, you, you get some game reps for these guys. They now have three game reps in, in most cases for these guys. And, and now you can hopefully, you know, turn the corner. And everybody wants to win, and everybody's hungry for that. I think they're confident and ready to make that happen. Gardner-Webb, East Carolina, uh, the running Bulldogs make the trip to uh, Greenville. And uh, the uh, running dogs are coming off a, a game which they were beat on a 50-yard field goal. Don't see a lot of those at the FCA. Really, college kickers, man. Hashtag college kickers. But uh, Tennessee State <laughs> had one that uh, that stuck it, and there you go. Matthew Caldwell's kind of got an unorthodox delivery, but he spreads the football very, very well around, and that is the uh, quarterback for Gardner-Webb. So they run a lot of that, that Tennessee-style offense. So it's going to be a hurry up with uh, Caldwell, who, who seems to have a really nice handle on the offense at quarterback. No, their goal is to run 2,000 plays. Um, they run like 85, <laughs> 90 plays. It's like, yeah, they get like eight seconds into the next play clock. and it's going. Real quick before I get into that, Jay Billingsley struggled. He missed two field goals last week mm. for them, uh, their, their kicker. And uh, you might see them, you know, avoid field goals and maybe go for it on fourth down, maybe go for two. So put that in the back of your mind. Uh, Campbell is a uh, caller rather is a yeah, big arm. He's, he's lanky, like six, four, yeah. but two Oh five. He, he can run, but he doesn't run much. He's only run for 40 yards. So a lot of it should be super quick passes. I mean, they're going to spread out all, you know, all the way across 53 yards of a football field length to length, pretty much. And he, they're going to spread it out and they're going to hit slants and quick things, a lot of stuff near the line of scrimmage, almost like West coast when they throw it, but predominantly more than they pass, they're going to run because their best player on the offensive side is, Nari Gaither, their, their running back, and he had 152 yards at a touchdown last week, and uh, he does it all. He can catch the ball. He, he blocks. He's a willing blocker. Jaden Brown is probably their second-best offensive player, and he's the backup running back. So those are their two guys. So you, you've got to stop the run in this game because you got to look at any team you play and say, all right, who are the key guys? And, yes, you respect the passing game and what Caldwell can do, and the ball will come out quick, but you have to stop the run first because – we saw that last week with you know Nate Noel. You go down and get that opening drive that we talked about, and then two plays later, Nate Noel's in the end zone. So you can't get gashed on a big run, and Gaither's the kind of guy that could do that to you. Um, so they also, uh, with Gaither, and you alluded to him, I mean, Nari Gaither is, what, third all-time in their rushing charts? Yep. So yep. Pirates have obviously seen some tremendous runners. How, how might, you know, what – is the is Gaither so effective because of the spread, or or is he a guy that can maybe punch it up in between the tackles and short yardage if need be? 
Well, it certainly creates rushing lanes, obviously, first of all, when you spread out like that. So you just have to be ready for that. Uh, but the thing is, he's, he's a big threat in the pass game, too. So I talk about him running the ball. He's got 10 catches uh, in three games for almost 90 yards. So that way as well. So he's just a – his thing is he's a good all-around back. He plays some really good running backs that, uh, you know, I'm not say one-dimensional, but you know they're going to run the ball in certain cases. You've got to watch him every moment uh, of where he's out there because if he's not running it, he might be catching it or he might be delivering the block to get somebody else free to uh, to catch the ball. So that's kind of what he is. He's 5'10". He's from the area around us. He's around Rock Hill area. Uh, redshirt senior. So, again, like, again, one of those guys, he's like 35 years old. It's been around for a long time with this team. So they've got some older veteran guys. And I think that experience they have, this, you know, you think about what ECU had last year with a lot of guys peaking at the same time. That's kind of what this team is, even though they're one and two. You know, Gardner-Webb has a lot of older guys that are kind of in their last year peaking at the same time together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jim Zoki uh, with us uh, here. Zoki, if you were to give uh, keys to victory for both the Panthers and the Pirates, what uh, would they be? Uh, for the Panthers, uh, they just um, they got to grow up in a hurry. The defense is keeping them in ball games right now, so the defense has got to continue to play. They have got to find, and whether it turns out to be Bryce Young or Andy Dalton, some big explosive plays. It's just too hard. Uh, for them to you know run for three yards and a you know short pass here, they, they've got to find some easier plays down the field, some bigger chunks. So that to me will open up everything else underneath, including the rushing game for them. So offensively, it, it's got to come in that way. I think for the Pirates, a lot of it is and again credit to the three teams to play. They've all been really good teams. We all know that. Uh, but for themselves, just self scouting wise, you know, don't beat yourself with the penalties and, and don't throw balls in the plate. You know, six interceptions. I think it was. I think holding that five all last year. So you just, you just have to be more considerate with what your choices are as far as throwing down field and recognize things. And again, you had Flynn making his first start last week. So it's easier said than done. And that expectations are high for that. But now that we're into it a little bit more, penalties are obvious. Don't turn the ball over. Hang on. Got my Patrick Johnson alarm going off. I got did, to. Did um, you turn it over? Did you just turn it over there, Rezo? No, I. I'm not kidding. I set an alarm to talk to you. And there it is. Ah, um, so it just went off in my ear. And it's an but early alarm. Unlike me, the alarm is early. Unlike me, the alarm is early. I set alarms all day because I have all these zooms and meetings and places I have to be, and it rings, important. and I have to figure out what what is important. For. Man, that's what Zoki is very important. No, just uh, a forgetful man. Obviously, I've been so hard myself. So. <laughs> And I think, you know, uh, defensively, I think uh, for the, the the same thing, ECU's defense has been carrying it for the most part, but then they get gashed for the, the big play. But it's hard to get mad at a team that scored two touchdowns on defense last week. I mean, that just is almost unheard of. And they set up the touchdown against Marshall inside the five-yard line. So they've done some really good things in terms of sudden change in big moments. It's just consistency. You know, they've, they've done everything, and now it's a matter of doing it much more often than not and being more consistent in what they do. All right, uh, check Jim Zoki out. He's all over the IBX uh, family of stations. You'll hear him uh, this uh, Saturday, beginning at 5 in the game at 6. ECU hosting Gardner-Webb on Family Weekend. 94-3 the game and 107.9 WNCT. And then you'll hear Jim Sunday, 3 o'clock, airtime on Talk 103.7 WTIB for the Panthers at Seattle. And then Panther Talk on Monday. Zoke is and then here on the Patrick Johnson show. Yes, in the five o'clock hour. Yes, coming up next uh, Thursday. Good Lord willing, <laughs> the creek don't rise. Zoke will be with us. So, all right, Jim. Thanks a lot. Anytime. Thank you, Patrick.
Yep, thank you. There he is, Jim Zoki. All right, uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back, and then we'll have a, a sports update for you. Some breaking NFL injury news. Dom Kosalki will have that on the other side. I'm Dom Kosalki with your 94.3 The Game Sports Update and Pirate Report. The Pirates are playing host to the running Bulldogs of Garner-Webb on Saturday night at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. The ECU offense has struggled to find their footing. And Donnie Kirkpatrick, the East Carolina play caller, discussed the start the Pirates got off to in Boone. Flynn came out very relaxed, just very much confident, you know, knew the game plan. You know, the first series is usually scripted out pretty much, so we've practiced it, you know, in that order. We've walked through it in that order, you know, that we're that intent, so everybody's going to really know what the first couple calls are. And if, the, and if the defense doesn't change, you pretty much stay with that script. And he just kind of followed it and just did everything right. And the kids had a lot of energy. I think they were excited about playing. It's a 6 o'clock kickoff, and our coverage starts at 3 p.m. with Pirate Game Day Countdown fueled by Bush Light on 94.3 The Game and the IBX Media app. Despite holding leads late in sets 1-3 and three Wednesday evening, East Carolina could not hold on as Wichita State recorded a three-set victory in both teams' American Athletic Conference opener inside Williams Arena at Minchie's Coliseum. The Pirates dropped to 9-3 overall. The Pirates travel to Birmingham this weekend to take on UAB on Saturday and Sunday in league action. Due to the forecast for bad weather on Friday and Saturday, high school games have been moved to Thursday night. We'll have Edenton Aces football tonight at 7 o'clock on 103.7 WTIB as they travel to Northeastern in Elizabeth City. Over on 94.3, the game, a cross-country matchup as South Central hosts J.H. Rose. Then at 6 p.m., it's Havelock traveling to West Bladen on Oldies 94.1. The Panthers are gearing up for their Week 3 matchup. Carolina will visit the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday. Bryce Young did not participate in Wednesday's practice due to an ankle injury. Brian Burns, Justin Houston, Miles Sanders, and Chandler Wooten were all limited in the session. In other news, linebacker Deion Jones was signed to the active roster while quarterback Jake Luton and cornerback Robert Rochelle were added to the practice squad. In another move, cornerback Mark Milton has been released from the practice squad. Kicking off week three of the NFL are the New York Giants and the San Francisco 49ers. The 1-1 one one Giants picked up their first win last week in a comeback win versus the Cardinals, but they lost their star player at the end of the game in Saquon Barkley. On the other side of the ball, the 49ers looked amazing with a 2-0 record after beating a divisional rival in the Rams. The 49ers are favored by 10.5 points. More on NFL, Dallas Cowboys cornerback Trayvon Diggs tore his ACL during Thursday's practice and will be out for the rest of the season. He sustained the injury during one-on-one drills, according to multiple reports. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. This sports update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative directly supporting Pirate student-athletes. For info on how to join, please visit teamboneyard.org. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on the other side of this quick timeout right here on 94.3 The Game. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Dom, are you a Swifty? I am not a Swifty. Don't don't incorporate me with that. Is your lady friend a Swifty? Actually, she's not, and I'm very happy she's not. She doesn't want me to spend thousands of dollars on tickets, so I'm super happy. Mm. It's good. Do you... Uh, she watch The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and all that? Yeah, she does do that. I can't. She does. I can't yeah. get away from that. 
<laughs> yeah, well, pick your battles, right? Exactly. Uh, let's see here. I think uh, we're under tropical storm warning now in uh, Pitt County. So there you go. Um, I bring this up now. I would not voluntarily watch anything that Pat McAfee's on. Not my jam. Fine if it's yours. But uh, McAfee, who says some dumb things, uh, had Travis Kelsey on his show today. And apparently Kelsey and Taylor Swift have been linked together. Is that, uh, is that what they say in the, is that what they say? They've been, they've been, I guess they're dating or something along those lines. Is that right? Sounds about right. I mean, you don't, you know, you sound not old, but you sound a little bit older saying it like that. Is that, oh, thank you. I am old, Dom. So yes. Um, so apparently, um, you know, I guess there was some. Who some some hubbubaloo, if I if I may invoke a little French, over um, a friendship bracelet that he gave her. I guess the internet went into a frenzy. Uh, his brother Jason has resorted to uh, giving updates without really knowing what's going on. Apparently. Do you have time, Dom, to find the whole... Well, let's play the whole two minutes. Why not? So McAfee got Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, on his show Thursday to have him answer the rumors. And so let's... We'll get to the part after he says we'll see what happens in the near future, then we'll we'll take it off. So go ahead and play this cut from the McAfee show, Dom. Your love life is being talked about by the whole entire world right now. If you would like to expand no. upon anything, please, <laughs> we would like to know. Uh, you going to give me the floor? The floor is yours. You're give me yes. the floor? I'll tell you what. It's fun. It's it's hilarious how much traction this has actually got. Um I think it's right now it's like uh it's like that old uh, game in school called telephone where everybody's just whispering in each other's ear, just hearing some random stuff and then and then you got, you know, Especially, it, 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 no one actually knows what's going on. But especially when you got Jason Kelsey on live television telling people just both sides. He doesn't know. It's true. It's this and that. He goes on Thursday night football, gets a big dub, gets asked about it by my guy Tony Gonzalez because his daughter had to know. And he tells everybody. First, the first thing he brings up is the catching Kelsey, who I thought everybody got rid of that. Like... <laughs> No, a lot Long of those. Hey, I just, I've know, seen a lot of those videos. Know. You did great. You did yeah, great. He's been great having TV. a whole lot of fun since then, yeah. and he's still having fun. Stop and then the not tape. even a week later. Tell- Stop the tape, Dom. Let's find the part where he, where he he gets to the pickup line. That's what I was going for. I can't. I it's, it's McAfee, and then I mean Kelsey. Listening to him talks like listening to a Neanderthal. So I mean, I I can't take that. So find the part where he discusses the pickup line, Dom, and let me know when you get that. Because Kelsey apparently shot his shot. You didn't know I knew that phrase, did you, Dom? Uh, and he he beat around the bush in answering what uh, the, the kind of pickup line to Swift was. I'm waiting for Dom to let me know when he gets there and has it. When Dom said play the whole two minutes, I, I I wasn't thinking clearly. Because like I don't that was maybe forty seconds and I feel nauseous to be on and I have a headache because of it.
because of the McAfee thing. What do we got, Dom? I'm trying. <laughs> well, at this point, it'd probably be easier for me to read it. So, he eventually explained that he would like to have Swift come to Arrowhead Stadium so she could see whose performing skills are, quote, a little more lit. I have it ready for you if you'd like it. Play it. This is the pickup line. You know, maybe uh, I've seen you rock the stage in Arrowhead. You might have to come see me rock a stage in Arrowhead and see which one's uh, a little more lit. So we'll see. All right. Okay. What What do you think of that pickup line, Dom? You're a man of I can't town. even comprehend it right now. I was just struggling to find that, to be honest. <laughs> so he said, you've lit up the stage at Arrowhead. Come watch me light up the stage at Arrowhead. I mean, that's not bad. If you're famous, you can say anything, and it'll work. So that, that I works. I think that's great. I don't see why that's a corny pickup line. I like it. See who's more lit. That's a, I mean, I, I think, I think it's, it's pretty good. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't hate it. And like I said, if you're, if you're a big-time guy, it's probably going to work. That's not a bad pick. I actually don't think that's a bad pickup line. I, I got to give Travis Kelsey some credit on that. It's a pretty good pickup line. I mean, if you have the, the abilities and you have kind of the – the world in the palm of your hand, flaunt it, right? I would. I 100% would. I mean, you probably... Did you use a pickup line to pick up your lady friend, Dom? Uh, no, I just you know, showed her my amazing personality, and it just worked. Ah, okay. Well, there you go. I had friends growing up who had all kinds of pickup lines, and I don't think it got them anywhere. Can you give us one? you remember one? Well, there was the old one about, uh, are you uh, an angel because you fell from heaven? I don't know, something like that. Okay. I was never, I can never remember lines. That's yeah. why I'm not an actor, Dom. I can't remember. So people might would tell me, you need to say this, and I'd never be able to remember it because I can't remember lines like that. I can ad lib, but I cannot remember lines. And so there's. People I know, and I'm sure you know them too, that quote movies or shows. Yeah, yeah, I can't do that. I can either. never remember. I can't do that. I can't do that. Did you it's ever a personality disorder for them? You ever try like the, one of the pickup lines, and you just like totally no, botched I just, it? I no, no, no. I, I I knew my limitations. See, Dom, this is why I was such a valuable member of any roster because I knew my limitations. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah, I never tried to do too much. I yeah. did just enough. Yeah. Took your role, the role player. I mean, always anonymous uh, uh, text line. What was your pick? I didn't have one. I didn't need one. Ever. I could get the date going. It's just after that it would fall apart. A long time ago. Long time ago. You don't need one anymore, so you're good. No, no, no. I'm out of that scene. Out of that scene, dog. All right. Uh, Great job today from Dom Kosolke. Uh, where are you going to be tomorrow, Dom? Are you going to be here? I will not. Or are you going to be on I'm, in I'm, the morning? You're going to be here. I'm going actually to the Great Harvest for the first time, so I'm going to the. Uh, oh, you're going to be on the on the show. Okay, yep. good. Um, thanks to Jim Zoki. Uh, back tomorrow in our normal spot on Fridays of six o'clock. We'll have a best of Steve Logan tomorrow at five, and uh, we'll follow him with a fresh show. Garner Webb announcer will be with us, and Chris Cherry, whose team is getting set in a little over an hour to hey, take I'm on. Russell, fourth generation winemaker, Duplin Winery, and DCU alum.